Some of these tumors are solar-induced and some of them are not. The ones that are solar-induced tend to be in dogs that are more lightly pigmented, that have thin hair coats. Welcome to Dog Cancer Answers, where we help you help your dog with cancer. Thank you for joining us today, listeners. We're taking a call today from Lou. His dog has hemangiosarcoma, and it's cutaneous or dermal or skin hemangiosarcoma, and he's looking for some guidance. So Dr. Brooke Britton, veterinary oncologist, is joining us to help Lou out and provide some guidance and insight. Dr. Britton, thanks so much for joining us again. Thank you for having me again. Let's take a listen to Lou's question. My question is, my dog has been diagnosed with cutaneous dermal or dermal cutaneous hemomangiosarcoma. I've been told to keep him out of the sun. Chemo was not recommended. Uh, We had the uh, spot taken out through a uh, biopsy and the cancer was not multiplying fast and it was cutaneous only. So my question is, what are the possibility of it coming back? Thank you. Dr. Britton, what would you say to Lou about his dog's cancer? So hemangiosarcoma in most cases is a pretty aggressive cancer, but when it occurs in the top layers of the skin and it's confined to the top layers of the skin, it actually can do very well with surgical removal alone. And so there are a lot of things that we don't know about this dog, including the breed of the dog, how big the lesion was, where it was located, and also whether it was confined on the biopsy to the top layer of the skin or if there was any invasion into the subcutaneous or muscle layers. It sounds like it was more superficial from his description, but there is a lot that we don't know. And what I would say is we also don't know the margin on the biopsy. So was the tumor completely removed? If the tumor was very small, you know, maybe a few millimeters or so, and it was completely removed and there was a margin of normal tissue as a buffer between the tumor and the edge of the sample, the piece of tissue that was taken out, then it's possible that this tumor could not come back. If the tumor was incompletely removed or it was larger or more invasive, I would have more concerns about possible recurrence down the line. And as a rule, many dermal hemangiosarcoma dogs are predisposed to having multiple tumors. Mm -hmm. So even if the tumor doesn't grow back in the site that it was removed, this may be a breed or a dog that's more predisposed to developing future tumors over the skin. He did mention something about his dog being reminded to stay out of the sun. Mm -hmm. So some of these tumors are solar-induced, and some of them are not. The ones that are solar-induced tend to be in dogs that are more lightly pigmented, that have thin hair coats. And so those breeds tend to be predisposed to the solar-induced hemangiosarcomas. And some dogs just develop dermal or cutaneous hemangiosarcoma because we often don't know all the reasons why. The other thing that is important to understand is that these tumors can metastasize or spread. And so depending upon where they're located and their size, surgery sometimes is important to remove the primary tumor, but we may want to, depending upon different factors at play in this dog, look for evidence of tumor spread 
or maybe monitor for tumor spread in future. So it sounds to me like Lou should be making sure that he's very vigilant about any future spots that come up, making sure that those get attended to really quickly and checking in with his veterinarian to be sure that it hasn't metastasized and that it was a less invasive tumor or that they got good margins as they as they took it out. Yes. So just to get those questions answered. What are the breeds that are more likely to develop skin hemangiosarcoma? Again, usually they're lightly pigmented, thinly hair-coated dogs. Okay. And I've actually had a fair number of pit bulls as well that have developed hemangiosarcoma of the dermis or subcutis. We also see these tumors in dogs that are kind of exposed to the sun regularly, dogs that are outdoors regularly that for the solar-induced tumors or dogs from tropical or desert areas, for example, that are maybe free-roaming or kept outdoors much of the time. Is there anything else that Lou should keep in mind as, let's assume that it's the best-case scenario, and they got good margins, and they're pretty confident that it's not going to recur or that the likelihood is low? Mm -hmm. Are there things he should be doing from now on, other than keeping the dog covered up in the sun, that you would recommend to further shore up that prevention of future recurrence? Unfortunately, there's really nothing else that can prevent these tumors from forming. So sun avoidance is certainly a good thing to start with, but there's really nothing else that we can do reliably to prevent them. Some dogs are just genetically predisposed. So to your earlier point, getting early checkout of lumps and bumps, or even if something looks like a blood blister or a skin tag or looks fairly benign or quiet or small and isn't bleeding, these tumors can sometimes change quickly or they may be dermal hemangiosarcomas and, and look fairly benign. So in a dog with this history, any new lump or bump, especially if there's a reddish, brownish, blackish, crusting lump or bump, I would recommend having that checked out or at least monitored. And if there's growth or any change, then maybe have a biopsy taken of future lesions like that. Okay, let's take a break here. And then when we come back, I want to ask you about Unin Bio. And now, a message from your dog. Every day with you is like a day at the beach, and I want as many beach days as possible. I want to run and sniff and find a good stick to carry. I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want Everpup. It infuses any food you give me with health and life and vibrancy. I can feel it. It's a strange thing to do, sprinkle this powder on my food, but I wouldn't have it any other way. My time with you is precious and irreplaceable, and I'm thrilled to be with you for as long as possible. Here's to puppy playtime and senior snoozes. <laughs> no matter how old I get, I want my ever pup. It just makes me feel good in this life and the next and the next and the next. I am so grateful to be your dog and for the ever pup you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. 
But to get the best price possible, join the EverPup Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup, every day. If your dog has cancer, you need to get a copy of the best-selling animal health book, The Dog Cancer Survival Guide. Because no matter what you've heard, there are always steps that you can take to help your dog fight and maybe even beat cancer. At nearly 500 pages, this comprehensive guide is your complete reference for practical, evidence-based strategies that can optimize the life quality and longevity of your dog. It's written by two of the most respected names in dog cancer, full-spectrum veterinarian Damien Dressler and veterinary oncologist Susan Ettinger. With the Dog Cancer Survival Guide, you'll learn everything that you need to know about conventional treatments, surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation, including how to reduce their side effects. You'll also discover the most effective non-conventional options, including nutraceuticals and supplements and diet, as well as mind-body medicine. What I love most about this book, which I've used with my own dog, Kanga, when she was diagnosed with cancer, is how to analyze the options and develop a specific plan for your own dog based on your dog's type of cancer and your dog's age, your financial budget, as well as your personality. You can get the Dog Cancer Survival Guide wherever books are sold, but if you get it direct from the publisher, you will save 10% when you use the offer code, especially for listeners of this podcast. Just go to dogcancerbook.com, and when you check out, use the promo code PODCAST, and you will save 10%. The website again, dogcancerbook.com, and use the promo code PODCAST to save 10%. I want to let you know about an important newsletter. It's called Dog Cancer News. Now, with a name like that, it is not for everyone. But if your dog has cancer, you will want to subscribe. That's because every issue features articles that will be helpful, such as low-carb dog cancer diet recipes, new clinical trials, financial resources to help pay for cancer care, information on supplements, and lots of other helpful info that your veterinarian may not know or have the time to share with you. Also, when you subscribe to Dog Cancer News, you will get a weekly update on the topics covered on this podcast, along with links and resources. So how much does Dog Cancer News cost? Well, today, you can subscribe for free. It's our gift. For a limited time, you can get a full year subscription for free. No strings attached. Just go to this website to sign up for the newsletter now, dogcancernews.com. It takes less than 10 seconds to subscribe, and it is totally free. Do it now at dogcancernews.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we are back with veterinary oncologist, Dr. Brooke Britton. I know a lot of people whose dogs have hemangiosarcoma use Uninbio, mm-hmm. which is that Chinese herbal remedy that seems to help reduce bleeding, increase clotting. Is that something that might be useful for him to use with his dog with cutaneous hemangiosarcoma? It depends. If there are no lesions on the body, then it's unlikely to help prevent or, you know, treat any microscopic disease. We don't know definitively that Uninbio delays or prevents these tumors from recurring. Mm -hmm. It is also, as with many supplements, an unregulated supplement. It's available in many different formulations and most of the times we don't know exactly what's in Yunnan Bio. <laughs> I would say that most formulations that we tend to recommend are fairly well tolerated anecdotally. And there has been some published literature looking at Yunnan Bio with hemangiosarcoma, either in vitro or in vivo. The most useful way that we can employ it is probably for the theoretical effect that it has on delaying or preventing bleeding. And in some dogs, anecdotally, we feel that maybe it has some efficacy in that regard. In other dogs, we don't know that it really works at all. But in general, it's a pretty benign supplement in most dogs to use. And if there were actively bleeding lesions on the body, then I would say that that would be something that we could add in to see if it had any effect and it's unlikely to harm the dog. But if there are no active lesions on the body, it's probably not going to delay or prevent recurrence or move the dial much in that regard. Right. So it sounds like Lou had this tumor removed and hopefully with good margins. And that's the main treatment option for cutaneous hemangiosarcoma. Are there any other steps that Lou's oncologist might want to take if there's a recurrence and it's more aggressive? Yeah. So with Purely dermal hemangiosarcoma, usually surgical removal is the treatment of choice and oftentimes the only thing that we need to do because the metastatic rate is considered to be pretty low if it's solely confined to the top layer of the skin. If we have subcutaneous invasion or invasion into the underlying muscle, those tend to have a much higher metastatic rate over time. And I would recommend chemotherapy in those dogs. It's usually a doxorubicin-based protocol. So a dog would go in for injections usually every three weeks for up to around five treatments of that drug. Sometimes we can employ low-dose oral or metronomic chemotherapy protocols either in conjunction with injectable or as a maintenance protocol after injectable is finished or in place of injectable. So there are other treatments for more aggressive or invasive tumors. But again, those that are confined purely to the skin that have a low growth rate and we have a complete excision, usually proactive monitoring is all that we need to do as long as we know that there's no evidence of metastasis at the time of diagnosis. Where are you looking for metastasis if it does occur? 
Most hemangiosarcomas will metastasize at some point, again, with the exception of the purely dermal ones, Mm -hmm. to the lungs or the spleen or the liver or other abdominal organs. There's also a chance of metastasis to the brain. It is rare for us to see that, but yet it is one of the more common metastatic sarcomas to the brain. So there are many different places that we can see the metastasis. Some people will use the term metastasis for other skin lesions that pop up. Mm. Um, or say satellite metastasis. But usually when we think of metastasis, we're thinking about more distant sites like internal into the chest or the abdomen. When someone has an internal organ that has hemangiosarcoma, a spleen or liver tumor, for example, Mm -hmm. do you think there ever is a metastasis from skin tumors that perhaps weren't found earlier, weren't discovered in time? That can happen. Usually there's going to be some pretty obvious temporal association between a lesion that is on the skin or maybe a recent history of having a lesion that's been bleeding that was assumed to be something else maybe and was taken off in weeks or months past. And then we see metastasis. So occasionally I've seen that, but most of the times we see metastasis. It's it's not common for the skin form to find it at diagnosis, but most of the times we're going to see those things concurrently Mm -hmm. as opposed to you know, a skin lesion that was removed two years ago, and then there's hemangiosarcoma somewhere else. But we do think that some of these dogs just have a genetic predisposition to hemangiosarcoma in general. If they have skin hemangio, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to develop organ or internal hemangiosarcoma. But there are some dogs that have a history of skin hemangio. And then maybe a long time down the line, even if they have no cutaneous lesions, they may have organ hemangiosarcoma. So in those dogs, maybe rather than being a late metastasis, although that's possible, maybe those dogs are just genetically predisposed to hemangio as a disease complex, so to speak. Okay. So the person who's listening and their dog has internal hemangiosarcoma and they're thinking, oh no, you know, that thing we thought was a bug bite five years ago, maybe it was actually skin hemangiosarcoma they don't have to beat themselves up. It's not likely. That- Correct. Okay, good. That's very, very unlikely. Okay. Most of the times when we find hemangiosarcoma internally, that's the what's called the primary site or where the tumor originated rather than a metastatic lesion. Wonderful. Okay, great. Is there anything else that you feel is important for Lou to know about his dog's cutaneous hemangiosarcoma? It sounds like he's very proactive with monitoring his dog and he had the problem addressed very quickly and efficiently. So I think monitoring for his dog as long as the biopsy indicated a complete removal, it sounds like the veterinarian who did the procedure was not as concerned based on what he's describing in terms of follow-up or the potential for this to behave aggressively in future. But I would just recommend at least keeping up with his annual exams with his dog. Mm -hmm. And also if any new lump or bump arises, particularly if there's a lesion that looks similar to the one that was proven to be hemangiosarcoma, then he brings that to his vet's attention as soon as he notices it. Because like many things in our oncologic world, the sooner things are caught, so to speak, the sooner that they are investigated, usually there are more options for us and maybe a better chance at long-term positive outcome or maybe even cure of a tumor. Thank you, Dr. Britton. I appreciate your help with this question. Absolutely. And thank you, listener, 
for listening, and Lou, you for calling in with your question. Cutaneous hemangiosarcoma is not a cancer we think about every day, but it's a good one to keep in mind for people with light-colored dogs with thin hair coats. If you have a question like Lou did, reach out on our listener line at 808-868-3200. You can leave a message with the question, and that will be answered on a future episode of Dog Cancer Answers. As always, check the show notes for links related to today's show. And I'm Molly Jacobson. From all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, I would like to wish you and your dog a very warm aloha. Thank you for listening to Dog Cancer Answers. If you'd like to connect, please visit our website at dogcanceranswers.com or call our listener line at 808-868-3200. And here's a friendly reminder that you probably already know. This podcast is provided for informational and educational purposes only. It's not meant to take the place of the advice you receive from your dog's veterinarian. Only veterinarians who examine your dog can give you veterinary advice or diagnose your dog's medical condition. Your reliance on the information you hear on this podcast is solely at your own risk. If your dog has a specific health problem, contact your veterinarian. Also, please keep in mind that veterinary information can change rapidly. Therefore, some information may be out of date. Dog Cancer Answers is a presentation of Maui Media in association with Dog Podcast Network. Is artificial intelligence going to change veterinary medicine? Well, it already has. Right now, on Dog Cancer Answers, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Deal of Morris Animal Foundation about how AI is impacting veterinary research and the practice of medicine itself. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts or at dogcancer.com slash podcast.